live on American Family Radio. This is Peter Rosenberger. This is Hope for the Caregiver. This is the show for you as a family caregiver. More than 65 million people right now in this country are currently serving as a family caregiver. Maybe that's you. What is a family caregiver? It's somebody who takes care of a vulnerable loved one with a chronic impairment of some kind, whether they're dealing with Alzheimer's, they're dealing with autism, maybe addiction. Maybe they have some type of trauma that has happened to them that has caused a chronic impairment, chronic pain, mental illness. There's all kinds of chronic impairments, and there's always a caregiver. Some of them do it up close and personal every day, 24-7, and some of them are doing it from a distance. Some of them are partnering with other family members, but there's always a caregiver, and maybe that's you. And if so, you're in the right place. This is the show for family caregivers. Now, if you're not a caregiver, you're going to get something out of the show. If you're a pastor, if you're a counselor, if you want to even, if you even know a caregiver, which we all do, you're going to get something out of this. But the show is specifically for the family caregiver. And I speak fluent caregiver here on this show. I've been doing it now for 35 plus years through a medical nightmare. And along the way, I've learned a few things. I think all of it the hard way. I don't think I've ever learned anything the easy way, but I think I have learned it the hard way. And and those insights that we talk about on this show sustain us through the craziness. And what I have found in my experience is that this thing can go out of control very quick. Actually, it's always out of control. But it can really start coming at us very quickly. And sometimes uh, it's, it's just relentless. And in that moment when you are struggling to find solid ground, what do you do? How do you anchor yourself? How do you reorient your thinking so that you're not swept away by this? Now, this, is the, this is the crux of the whole program. It's the crux of everything I do with my books and everything is how do we anchor ourselves to stand firm when it gets really, really gnarly? And a lot of people talk about caregiving. I see that a lot across the media and so forth. There are a lot of people talking about caregiving. I don't do that on this show. I mean, we'll swerve into it if you have a specific question about something, but at the what this show is about is the caregiver. And that's why I ask every audience member, how are you, I mean, every, every caller to the show, how are you feeling? It's not that we want to start talking about our feelings and that's the, you know, everything's subject to our feelings. It's just now we have a real conversation about how you're doing because caregivers struggle to speak in first person singular. We struggle to speak in our own voice for whatever reason. And there are a lot of them. But the point is for you to start speaking in your voice, me to start speaking in my voice, so that we can then start on the path to healthiness. Okay, I feel miserable today, fearful today, resentful today, whatever. It doesn't matter. There's no wrong answer. But now we have an honest conversation. And we want to get out of the God talk where we're just saying, well, I'm just blessed, but I, I hate my mama. I've actually had that call to the show. 
you know, we don't want to talk in the God talk. We want to be honest about what's going on with us so then we can go and look at it in the light of Scripture and say, okay, what does God have to say about this? And if you go into Psalms particularly, you'll see an enormous passages of Scripture, that, uh, enormous passages of Scripture that are talking about the author, whether it's David or some of the others, struggling with very, very serious problems, and they're being candid about it. If you go back and look in Jeremiah, you see the same thing. And virtually anyone who has ever walked with God that is spotlighted in Scripture struggles on some level, and they get pretty gut-level honest about it. And then we see what God's response to that is. So that's the point of the show. And if you want to be a part of the show, and if you're struggling with something today, whatever is going on in your life, 888-589-8840. 888-589-8840. We don't give answers because I don't think there are answers that we can process here uh, for a lot of the things that we deal with on this earth. But what we do is we point it back to, okay, what does God have to say about it? And that brings us to our song for today, and I'll go over to the caregiver keyboard very quickly. See if you, This is almost embarrassingly easy, but there's a reason I'm doing it. So see if you know this one. Embarrassingly easy, yes. But you know what? When we're in the middle of the craziness in our life as caregivers, we need embarrassingly easy. And if you don't think you do, give it some time. You'll realize that that's exactly the case. We cannot, on our own, fight this. We cannot white-knuckle this. We cannot somehow squint our eyes real tight, and and we're just going to just muscle our way through it. We can't do it. You may do it for a day or two. You may even do it for a week or two. I'm at this for three and a half decades. So let me go ahead and tell you, you can't do it. It's only a matter of time till you crash and burn, and you've got to hang on to something that is much stronger than you through this. And that's why I play these songs. That's why I have the, the, these, these hymns, these choruses, and everything else, because sometimes in the middle of all the noise and all the confusion that's going on in our life, these familiar phrases and melodies and so forth stand apart and and just kind of burst through the confusion and give us clarity for the moment. And it doesn't necessarily make us feel better, but that's not the goal is to feel better. You understand? The goal is not to feel better. My wife has had now 81 surgeries that I can count. She is recovering from this surgery. She hurts all the time. She's not going to feel better. And I'm certainly not going to feel better about watching her do it. But that's not the goal. The goal is to be better, to be stronger, 
to be wiser, to be calmer, to be more focused on what God is doing in this as we travel through this journey that he sees fit to allow us to go through. We don't have to like it, and I'm certainly not a consultant, you know, to the Almighty here. God doesn't, you know, start out each day and say, hey, Peter, what do you, what do you think about this? It's my father. My father's a long-time minister. He said, God's got this problem. He thinks he's God. And, and you know, that, that's, the, that's the journey that we have as caregivers is understanding, okay, we're not God in this. And I used to be, when I started out on this journey, I was so demanding. I wanted to know why. Why was God doing this? And then over time, that changed. And I wanted to know, uh, I, I, and I, I started to understand, I, I, I didn't demand to know why, but I realized that I, 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 I don't know why. And I became comfortable saying, I don't know why. And now as I'm getting a little bit older, I'm thinking, you know, I'm really landing on that place. I can't know why. I can't. Not until I'm with him. I cannot know why. And I'm learning to make peace with it and be right here in the moment. This is Hope for the Caregiver. This is Peter Rosenberger. This is the show for you as a family caregiver. We're glad you're with us. 888-589-8840. 888-589-8840. We'll be right back. A teenage jihadist comes to Christ. Hey, it's Michael Woolworth with Bible League International, and I met young Ahmed when I visited the Middle East. His father died fighting for ISIS, his mother was an extremist, and young Ahmed was going to be a suicide bomber by killing himself and others being sold out to violent Islam. Now, his mother and siblings, they came to Christ, they prayed nonstop for his salvation, and when it came, he was beaten nearly to death by extremists. And when I caught up with him several villages over, I asked, Ahmed, what's your Bible mean to you? And he said, I can look here and see where Jesus says they'll hate you because they hated me and where Jesus says I'm with you always. Now listen, having a Bible it meant everything to him and gave him perspective and his prayer was for believers there who need God's word to endure and persevere. And I said, Ahmed, those Bibles, they're coming. Bible League invites you to send God's word to Bibleist believers around the world in our campaign The World Needs the Word at only $5 a Bible, every gift matched. Call 800-YES-WORD 800-YES-WORD or give it sendbiblesnow.org sendbiblesnow.org org. Steve Russo with Real Answers. The students in the college classroom listened intently to the elderly woman behind the podium. Edith Frankie is a Hungarian Jew who survived the World War II Holocaust. She told of being humiliated by her captors and forced to go without water or toilet facilities for days. Ultimately, Edith lost most of her family members, except for one sister, before being freed. And she recanted all because of hatred for a religion. Amazingly, Edith's words were not bitter. However, she was quick to remind students to never hate anyone. You are the future, Edith said. Let's make this world a better world. Don't ever hate. You can accomplish so much more with kind words. When you're told to hate someone, ask why. Just imagine how different our world would be if everyone followed her advice. For information on books and other resources by Steve Russo, visit the Real Answers website, realanswers.com.
back to Hope for the Caregiver here on American Family Radio. This is Peter Rosenberger. This is the show for you as a family caregiver. Healthy caregivers make better caregivers. How are you feeling today? How are you doing? Is your life in his hand? That is Gracie singing from her CD, Resilient. Go out to hopeforthecaregiver.com if you want to learn more about her music and how you can get a copy of that CD. 888-589-8840. 888-589-8840. Our song for the day, and I'll just play just a chorus of it because I want to get to some of the calls here. Um, um, that song 888-589-8840 888-589-8840 let's go to uh this is uh, mike in wisconsin i'm having a hard time logging into this mike hang on just a second all this head so little brain there we go mike good morning how are you feeling good morning uh, I'm, I'm doing all right i'm a little bit tired well, it's a little early in the morning to be tired, um, so obviously you didn't have a great night last night. Is that an accurate statement? Yeah, that was of my own undoing, being out late. All right, well, what you got on your mind? How are you feeling? Well, uh, I'm uh, anxious to hear. Um, I, I didn't realize I was new to the program. I didn't realize... Uh, that you've been a caregiver for your wife, and uh, I've uh, been a caregiver myself uh, for my brother for many years. I've watched my dad be a caregiver for him. Uh, he struggled with uh, not only mental illness, but he's been recovered from alcoholism for better than 25 years um, and uh, hasn't had any relapses because it relapsed from that. Uh, he suffered a head trauma where he was assaulted and had brain damage from that. Um, and he's, uh, you know, he, he goes into times where he gets like a catatonic state um, and other times where he's very, uh, very clear. And I mean, he believes in Christ and uh, at times where he's uh, very clear about what he's doing, other times where he's, um, where he's focused on smoking and, and is, it's not easy to communicate with, kind of like a catatonic state. So my my dad struggles with that, and I'm trying to find ways for to help him, um, you know, cope with that. How old is your brother? Uh, That's a good question. He's 64. Uh, My dad is 90. And um, uh, my brother, uh, uh, at the age of um, 27, he had... uh, a very difficult experience in the army and then ended up being malnourished, uh, ended up leaving the army at uh, six foot tall, 135 pounds. And, uh, my dad brought him back home, uh, and, you know, actually saved his life by, by, you know, getting him out of there and bringing him home. Um, and then he reunited with his wife and son. Um, and then he struggled because his, uh, uh, he had trouble with alcoholism, and then he became separated from his wife uh, and his son at a young age. His son was like about six. Well, and, let me uh, ask you this. With that. Yes. Let me let me ask you this. What is the um, 
what's the plan for your brother after your father passes away? Well, that's uh, that's something we don't, you know, I know uh, we're supposed to have a plan, but uh, we don't have a good plan for that. Uh, come up with a good plan for estate planning and all that either. Um, I have a, uh, a sister that's uh, um, youngest of all of us. There's a difference because she was adopted. There's a difference in age from the oldest to the youngest of a span of um, uh, well, uh, 29 years. Well, so, hang on. Before we get before we get too far in the weeds, yes. what's what's the next action step that you can take to start having a plan? Because your father is 90. This is unsustainable, um, and it's 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 coming up quick. What's the next action step that you could take in order to develop a plan uh, for your brother? Well, it's uh, it's taking some of the burden off. Uh, of my dad because he's also a caregiver for his wife who's 912 um, and literally he's a caregiver for uh, an assistant and helping with uh, my sister as well who um, well it sounds like it sounds daughter. like your dad your dad at 90 years old is doing um, is is pulling way more than than he's able to do I mean that's a lot to ask of, of a 60 year old man much less a 90-year-old man. So I'm going to uh, – let's let's back to this. What's the next step? Because your father is going to die within a short amount of time reasonably. I mean, we don't want him to, and certainly – but but it's but he's 90. And, uh, although yeah. William Shatner showed that a 90-year-old can go into space, most people can't do that. So what what – what needs to happen next for your family to look at these very tough issues? You've got a, uh, evidently a stepmother who's also infirmed. You've got a brother, and and you know the scenarios continue here. What's the next action step to sit down and have a real conversation about what are we going to do? Well, the uh, sister that's there in the home with them also, uh, she would like to I get her own place. Uh, we've got uh, uh, my wife has, has been a caregiver uh, her whole life in, in the nursing field. She had a step away from that. Um, she's debating taking her mother in, um, and she's offered and, been, and had been a couple of times with uh, parents. Um, but that's really, they need more extensive care than that. Um, they don't really want to go to the nursing home. Uh, and uh, you know, we've got to do you do you get a plan for them. Do you get along with your sister, Mike? Yes, we get along really good. Uh, we, we all get how about along it, really how good. about uh, can can you and your can you and your sister and your father sit down over lunch one day and start having this conversation? Do y'all have that kind of relationship? He, yeah, he's definitely uh, been, been pushing for that and. Uh, that's what we're doing. I, I want to share more of him with him. I mean, I, I grew up uh, going to a Christian church, and I grew up, you know, learning. Well, wait a minute. Hold on. Jesus, Hold on. We're I, we're I getting in. Him to know more. Mike, Mike. Yes. We're we're getting into the weeds of the of the background story. The 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 immediate task at hand is to sit down with your dad and your sister and start drawing. Even if you have to do it on the on a napkin at a Waffle House, which I have had. Uh, many of those kinds of conversations with my dad 
uh, and I still have some of the napkins. But sitting down and mapping out, okay, what do we need to do? What's the next step? Let's have a conversation. Let's have a real conversation about all these people that are in our circle that need care. What's our next step? And then you that next step may be to call in, you know, professionals. There are people that can help with that sort of thing, uh, whether it's counselors, social workers, uh, you know, home care teams, you know, the VA. I mean, there's all kinds of things, resources out there, but it starts with you three, I, it sounds like, sitting down and having a real conversation about this. Can you schedule that conversation in the next several days? I, I will schedule that conversation for uh, either today or tomorrow. And I'm glad you brought up because he is a, a Korean War veteran, so he does uh, go to the VA rather extensively. Uh, and that's a good point that they have counselors as well. They they're gonna have they're gonna have all kinds of people. There are there are chaplains uh, in the military. So my dad was a chaplain in the military, and and there there are so many people that can help. But it starts with you guys having a a cohesive conversation plan type of event where you can say, okay, here's here's what what our options are, uh, because your father at ninety this is a this is a tall order to ask of your father. And, and so how about, how about scheduling that meeting? And would you do me a favor after you schedule that meeting and have that meeting, would you mind calling back and tell me how it went? Well, that's, that's very kind of you to offer that. Well, no, I, I I do that for two reasons. I'd, I'd like to know personally how it goes with you, but also there are people in the audience right now listening to this that have, that also are in that place where they've got to make a decision to have a conversation. And so, you know, they need to know how how did this go? What 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 worked? What didn't work? What are some things that we can incorporate in our life? There, this is how we do it as caregivers. We come together on, the, and that's why this show exists to, to have these conversations that are not very pleasant. They're not very fun, but it's got to happen. And and we we pull together. We learn from each other. Okay, well, what did Mike do with his family? You know, what, 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 what went wrong, what went right, what's something I can incorporate from his journey. And, and so that's why it's important, but, and it doesn't have to be, you don't have to fix everything at one sitting at one meal. What you do is you start having the conversation and you say, okay, what are our options? And okay, you, you call the VA or you call this person and then let's come back in a week and see, let's pool our resources and see what, what did we come up with? But but the, the the clock is ticking. When you have a father that's ninety, a stepmother that's in her nineties, a brother that's in his sixties well, that's, that's got I've, significant I've, I've issues. Been, I've, I've been spoken that 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 is my actual mother. Uh, that's, that's your mother. Okay. 90. Yes. No. 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 Okay. My mother. I'm, I'm saying my sister's there as well. Uh, she just has some health issues with that too. Well, um, regard uh, regardless of the I've, of the specifics yes. that. Let's let's stay out of the weeds here, but regardless of the specifics, you've got a lot of people in your orbit who are dealing with significant life issues, and the clock is ticking. So I, I applaud you on taking the initiative to go ahead and setting that time to talk and and you know go go to a, a restaurant you guys like or something and just just sit down with a, a notepad and just start looking at it, and then as you do that, also ask. God, uh, you know, spend time in prayer 
uh, beforehand and ask God to give you some scriptures that would apply uh, and bring those in because the principles of God will apply to the conversation you have. I promise you that, okay? That I promise you. The principles of God will apply. But ask Him to show you in Scripture and go in there with a couple of verses to say, okay, here's the wisdom that we believe that we're getting from Scripture to make these decisions. And then let me know. And I appreciate you calling on this, Mike. I really do. This is an important thing. This is happening to families all around the country. And you spotlighted an issue that we've got to deal with. This is Hope for the Caregiver. This is Peter Rosenberger. This is the show for you as a caregiver. We'll be right Hello, back. Hello, this is Tim Wildman, president of American Family Association and American Family Radio. I want to say thank you, thank you, thank you to everyone who gave us a donation during our recent share that will help us to continue to spread the gospel of Jesus Christ and to tell the truth about what's happening in our country so that we can make a difference, so that we can be salt and light, as Jesus says in Matthew chapter 5. We just had our greatest share ever in terms of our numbers. God bless you, thank you, and keep praying for us. Friendships is looking for full-time volunteer men and women who are serious about serving God, investing time in rewarding work, and helping people in need around the world. There is no charge to serve. Room and board are provided. A willing heart and a desire to work as part of a team are the primary skills required. Check out the opportunities at friendships.org or email portmercy at friendships.org. That's portmercy at friendships.org. This is a Decency Minute. I'm Bill Johnson. In school board meetings across the country, parents are finding their voice and speaking out against the leftist ideology indoctrinating their children. And the left hates it. Virginia Democrat gubernatorial candidate Terry McAuliffe actually said, I don't think parents should be telling schools what they should teach. Now the Biden administration is weaponizing the federal government against parents. Attorney General Garland claims that parents are engaging in harassment when they confront school board members regarding the indoctrination of of their children and has instructed the FBI to mobilize against parents, labeling them as domestic terrorists. The Biden administration is using federal law enforcement to target political opposition as they characterize dissent as terrorism. Antifa activists burn down cities with impunity, but concerned parents speaking out at school board meetings are now criminalized. Don't let the left bully you into silence or you will find your freedom silenced altogether. This is a Decency Minute. I'm Bill Johnson. Welcome back to Hope for the Caregiver here on American Family Radio. This is Peter Rosenberger. This is the show for you as a family caregiver. Healthy caregivers make better caregivers. And part of being healthy is learning to speak from your own voice and strengthen your own heart in this journey. Uh, Very much like, again, you've heard me say it a a hundred times on this show, like David did at Ziklag. When all of his uh, possessions, all of his family, uh, everything, and his men were all carted away. They were out fighting a battle. They came back, and everything's gone by the Amalekites. And and David was distraught. All his men were distraught, and they picked up stones. They're going to stone him, and David encouraged himself in the Lord. And eventually, all the men dropped the stones, and then they went and got their stuff, and David led them into battle. But he encouraged himself in the Lord in the midst of great hostility. Now, if he can do it then, we can do it now. 
And that's the point of what we talk about on the show. But what does that look like to encourage yourself in the Lord? If you listen to the songs that I play um, on the bumper music coming back, you put this love in my heart, Keith Green. And, and, and I know that I can make it. I know that I can stand. No matter what comes in my life, my life is in your hand. Gracie sings that. All these songs I do. And then these, these hymns and, and choruses that I play today. I guarantee you, you know that's, if you know that song, go ahead and call me and tell me why that's important to you, 888-589-8840. But I guarantee you, for those who do know the song, that song, and most of you probably do, you're going to spend various points of the day, around the day, and you're going to remember that tune. And that's how we do it as caregivers. It may sound simple. People may think this is just, this is too elementary. I don't care. When you've been a caregiver for 35 years, you need simple and elementary. Okay, I don't need complex. I need simple. And that's why I play these songs, because they are ingrained in us and they they stay with us. Those melodies stay with us. And then we can as we deal with whatever comes our way. So I'm going to go to the phone lines here. This is Geneva in Kansas. Good morning, Geneva. How are you feeling? Hey, I'm feeling wonderful. I woke up to the song. I have my little radio on most of the night, and I woke up to this is a day the Lord has made, and it brought back so many wonderful memories. I just came through uh, taking care of my husband for about seven years with Alzheimer's. I'm 94 years old, and God enabled me, bless him, and you gave such good advice to the young man, just to speak the word, pray, and be in the word. And it brought me through. My precious husband went peacefully to be with the Lord just about a year ago, not quite. And I'm still getting when, used Geneva? to the silence. Yes. Gen- when, is, when is the anniversary of his passing? At November the 4th, next month. What are you going to do? Is when, oh, I, I, I will celebrate. When he did go, my daughter managed to be with me. She helped me in many, many ways was so wonderful and um when he passed but do you have a we were do you have a plan for that day do you have a plan for that day of what you're going to do just to rejoice <laughs> and go out That's with great. my daughter probably go out and have a meal and just just fellowship it's just good to talk things over and so much good came from it it was a time of i didn't know if i'd make might make it but uh i would just he was precious, and he was a prayer how, warrior. How long he went? How long were you all married? Seventy-one years. Oh my goodness, Geneva! Yes, and it what? was wonderful. We had we had some rough times, and I was a caretaker for many of my relatives, my mother-in-law, my dad, my mother, you know, and so on and so forth. But God brought me through everything, and you gave such good advice to the young man. My uh. Worst <laughs> get me through it. I can do all things through Christ who gives me the strength. I would have to get my husband up at time, and he was able to walk to the last. He was a fighter, and uh, we would quote scripture, and he would just melt when I would quote. I um, 
Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. Acknowledge him in all your ways, and he will direct your paths. And he'd always say, oh, I needed to hear that. That would be when he'd really be gone through it. And he would forget me sometimes, but I could bring him back, just telling about the time, how we met, and how we got married, and the songs that were sung at our wedding, and, and he would say, oh, wonderful, yes, I remember. And Geneva, let me, on, on that note, Geneva, let me ask you a question. Did you okay. find, did you find that that he was able to hang on to music um, yes, for the, for the loved- th- to, to almost the end? Yes, yes, he loved singing. Our church came out on Christmas. Now, that was, uh, he was deep into all-timers, and I invited them in. They were singing the carols on the porch, and they came in, and when they started singing, he stood up, and he was singing every song that they sang, and the tears, and the love, and oh, it was so beautiful. And uh, You know, isn't that remarkable, though, that these songs stay with you, and they they uh, uh, so many of them are able to punch through even Alzheimer's. That's the power oh, of yes. music, yes. and and it's 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 it never ceases to amaze me. I remember interviewing um, Glenn Campbell's wife um, and Kim, and his music was like one of the the last things to go with his Alzheimer's, and they lived. Um, they just lived down the road from us in Nashville about, I could almost throw a rock at their house. And when we lived in Nashville and, and that was one of the most remarkable things is that Glenn's music was, uh-huh. was still with him, even though he would, he would forget where he was favorites. sometimes. And, and so that's why that, how it, it's how important, uh, why I stress the importance of these songs because they will permeate even Alzheimer's. And uh, and that's that's something to be said. Uh, you knew this song. This is the day that the Lord has made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. Do you know by any chance? This is a tough question, though. But do you know the psalm that it comes from? I do. When I'm reading the songs, it jumps out at me. I can't <laughs> say it right now. No. Um, and at um, my age, I'm finding a little bit of. <laughs> That's all right. At at ninety four, Geneva, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna hold that against you because I don't, I can't do that myself sometimes. But it's uh, oh. um, I think it's uh, I think it's always good to to realize how how much scripture is uh, stays in these songs, and that's what's I think that's what yes. gives them life and breathes life into them. So yes. I, I just I appreciate this, and, and I. Well, let me Excuse tell me. you real quick. Uh, the Lord sure. put us in when we retired, and it was from a very busy life, a hard life, but a good life. <laughs> he put us in in um, uh, a mission field. We went through America for 22 years. We did 159 projects. We got out in our 80s working for Christian organizations throughout the land, and it was such a blessing because I'd always desired, and he knows your heart's desire, and to see the United States, because we never could do that with vacation. We rarely got a vacation. And he put us in. It just fell into place so beautifully that it, he enabled us. And we worked those 22 years singing all the old hymn songs of every kind and coming together in worship and praise. And we would sing, This is a day the Lord has made when we'd come together with the other missionaries. 
but God works so beautifully in your life. If you just trust him, walk with him, practice his presence, he's so precious. He never fails you. Sometimes we wait and say, well, God, are you still there? Yes, he's still there. And he'll let me know. Oh, he brought me through. I never thought I could go through that. I felt like a wet noodle most of the time. And I know, just have an inkling of what you've gone through, Peter. And uh, Well, my that, that's very gracious always. of you. I'm I'm sitting here listening to you, and you know, you've 71 years of marriage and, and what you two accomplished and the life that you live. And on November 4th, I, I will make a note to remember you as well, and I'm asking the audience as well to to for this amazing life that you two live together. What was your husband's name? Vernon. What is your Vernon? Vernon and Geneva. Vernon, yes. Well, listen, and he was a godly man. He loved the Lord. Sounds very much like that. It, it, it I can see that, yeah. and it, and it, and I love the the love the love that you two had, and still have, and it, it echoes through all eternity. Yes. And what a, what a great yes. picture of 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 what Christ does for the church is what you and Vernon had together. And that's extraordinary. Oh, it was it was special, yes. It was special. And we always said well, the twenty third Psalm together and when I would start he would come right in no matter what condition he was in, he would pray it with me. And it was a special time. In fact my daughter and I rejoiced when we got up five thirty I saw him take his last breath and I held his hand and we were rejoicing that he went to be with the Lord, free of all that. Because it was hard. It was hard, but he brought us through, you know, the words and get the words in you because they come forth when needed the most. God is so faithful. God is so faithful. He never fails you. He never fails you. I'm just getting used to the quietness now. It was constant busyness, you know, for all those years in and I'm just getting used to the quiet, and it's been a blessing just to read and to. And I look over; I feel he's still here with me. <laughs> I know he isn't, but I feel that I feel his presence. It seems like I look at his chair, and it's just well. Like according to the Book of Hebrews, he's in that great cloud of witnesses that are cheering you on. I believe that. Yes. So well, that's that's what that's what the text says. And I'm, I'm yeah. going to go with the text. So he's in that great cloud yeah. of witnesses that are cheering you on. And we are as oh, well, yeah. Geneva. And you have blessed us this morning with this tremendous story. In in a, oh, in a world so filled with all the craziness, you and yes. Vernon modeled such a beautiful story. Yeah. And thank you so much for sharing that. We're going to yes. we're gonna, uh, you, go on here. But I, I want you to know how much I appreciated you calling November 4th. Uh, those of you, make a note on it and lift up Geneva in prayer on November 4th as oh, she commemorates the year of her, of her husband's passing and that, that God would uh, just particularly surround her with the uh, with yes. the knowledge that we're all cheering her on and, uh, oh, and Vernon is cheering you. all of us on as well. So thank you for that, Geneva. I really do God. appreciate that. This is Peter Rosenberg. This is Hope for the Caregiver. This is the show for you as a family caregiver. 888-589-8840. This is the day that the Lord has made. We will rejoice. We're not going to spend time regretting the past, and we're not going to fear the future. We're going to live right here today. And that's why I did the song today. We'll talk about that when we come back from the break. Don't go away. There's more. 888-589-8840. Have you ever struggled to trust God when lousy things happen to you? I'm Gracie Rosenberger, and in 1983, I experienced a horrific car accident leading to 80 surgeries 
and both legs amputated. I questioned why God allowed something so brutal to happen to me. But over time, my questions changed, and I discovered courage to trust God. That understanding, along with an appreciation for quality prosthetic limbs, led me to establish Standing with Hope. For more than a dozen years, we've been working with the government of Ghana and West Africa, equipping and training local workers to build and maintain quality prosthetic limbs for their own people. On a regular basis, we purchase and ship equipment and supplies. And with the help of inmates in a Tennessee prison, we also recycle parts from donated limbs. All of this is to point others to Christ, the source of my hope and strength. Please visit standingwithhope.com to learn more and participate in lifting others up. That's standingwithhope.com. I'm Gracie, and I am Standing With Hope. Hi, I'm John Sorensen, president of Evangelism Explosion, and this is Share Life Today on American Family Radio. As we conclude our week on finishing strong as Christians, we cannot leave this topic without considering our heavenly hope. We must look to Jesus and look away from all others. Have you gazed closely at this one you call your Savior? Do you see how seriously he took this race? Alone Jesus stood at his trial. Alone he endured the agony of Gethsemane. Alone he endured the wrath of God, and alone he took the greatest shame that men could think of. In Deuteronomy, we're told, cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree. You see, he didn't ask us to do that. In Matthew 28, 20, Jesus said, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. The Christian life is so costly, but I'm telling you, dear listener, it's also so, so important. And you've been called to persevere. You've been called to run this race. You've been called to finish strong. For more information and encouragement, visit our website at sharelife.today. the people sinking down don't you care don't you care are you gonna let them drown how can you be so numb not to care if they come you close your eyes and pretend the job's done welcome back to hope for the caregiver this is peter rosenberg this is the show for you as a family caregiver this is uh that song my keith I just love it. I've always loved that song. And for those of you who don't know who Keith Green was, do yourself a favor and go out and Google. I know they got the the Jesus uh, music documentary out right now, and he's mentioned a little bit. I haven't seen it yet, but I heard he's mentioned a little bit in it. But he was such a powerful voice. But but that that song is one of the reasons I do the show. Do you see? Do you see? Uh, And and, uh, caregivers aren't seen. I know this from experience. I can't tell you how many people have asked me how my wife is doing. I can't count them. But I can count the ones who ask about me. And I'm 35 years into this. How about you? And so when I realized that this invisible army of people who are caring for chronically impaired loved ones, some of them dealing with just horrendous circumstances, Who's going to recognize these individuals? Who's going to speak to them? Who's going to to communicate with them? How are they going to understand? It it would take somebody that speaks fluent caregiver because we have our own language. It's it's difficult to talk to a caregiver sometimes if you don't know the journey, if you don't know the language, if you don't know the scenario. People don't know what to say. And so caregivers just plodded along, struggled along, limped along, often in isolation. I've, I've said this many times. Caregivers can feel isolated in a crowded room and we can feel isolated on a crowded pew. And so 
when I when I envisioned this show many years ago, I was determined I was going to speak directly to caregivers. And it's not that I don't want to speak to other people with it, but it's just this is who I see. This is who I am. And so when I do these songs for you and, and, and everything that I do on the show, it, it is, is a reflection of my own journey. I had to get to the point where I was doing our song for today. Um, this is the day. We will rejoice and be glad in it. It's one thing to sing that in a church with people on drums and guitars and everything else. It's another thing to sing that as your wife goes into surgery for the 81st time. It's another thing to sing that as you're holding the hand of somebody who is slipping away. It's another thing to sing that if you, if, if you have a child with autism who is just having meltdown after meltdown. I was talking with friends of ours yesterday who's they have a special needs son with very dire circumstances. And, and it's relentless. He's 20-something years old, and, and it's, it's relentless. And I'm not here to, to try to bolster you up and say, you know, come on, you know, suck it up and let's go. No, no, no. I, I, I wanna, we we got to start from the inside out. we got to go all the way down to the core of who we are and deal with that fear. And deal with that heartache. And deal with that sorrow. And speak life to it. It's way down inside us. And so people come up and they throw surfacey things at us. You know, and, and it doesn't stick. Because it can't. Because it's not penetrating all the way down to the core. And that's why I do the show. That's why I write books. That's why I write a column. That's why I do all the things that I do. Is because I know from personal experience, what it's like to have people throw a basket full of platitudes at me and none of it stick. And I also know what it's like when people came along and they spoke life to me and they spoke right down to the very core of who I am and helped me walk through this and get stronger and healthier. And so when Keith Green sings that song, do you see, do you say, yeah, I do, I do see it. And I see it around because I am that. And somebody saw me. Several somebody saw me. And I want you to know that somebody sees you. All I'm doing is what Paul talked about in Corinthians. Offer the same comfort that I myself have received from the God of all comfort. And hopefully you will do the same as well to others that you see. But we're not going to come and grab people. I tell this to my, my Pentecostal and charismatic friends. Don't go and grab people and start prophesying over them. Just sit with them. Just be with them. You're, they're already just so on edge. You're going to send them right off the cliff. Just be. I've had people come up and do that to me, and they just want to just shout at me the, the blessings of God. No. It doesn't work that way. He's very calm. He's very quiet. He's very gentle. 
And if you look through Scripture, you'll see that. There's the words like steadfastness, mercy, grace, loving kindness. Don't be afraid. Be still. These are permeated through all of Scripture because he knows that we are fragile, freaked out, messed up people. And if we can just calm ourselves down or allow, more importantly, him to walk us through calmness. You, you heard what Geneva said, that she would read the 23rd Psalm and her husband, even in Alzheimer's, would join in. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear what? No evil. For what? Thou art with me. He is with us in this. It doesn't seem that way at times. I know that. For heaven's sakes, I know that. And there are times when you just hang your head and you're just so weary and you're so beaten down and you're so discouraged. And in those moments, he is there. I promise you he is because I have experienced this more times than I can count. It doesn't necessarily go away. It doesn't change the, the, the reality of our journey. In the sense of the, okay, Grace's legs don't grow back. Her pain hasn't decreased. I don't know why that God has not seen fit to alleviate this from her. I really don't. And I, as I told you in the last block, I... I'm becoming a little bit more comfortable saying I can't know why. I can't. I don't I don't have it in me to to process that. And so I have to make a decision. Am I going to trust? Am I going to trust God in this? And there are people that like I said they 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 just throw out platitudes. And you hear this a lot of times from pulpits and everything else. You know, we just trust God, just trust God. You know, that sounds really nice when you're not having to, to schlep through all this stuff that, that Gracie and I do. That's a good Yiddish word, by the way. I like that word. Um, with the last name like Rosenberger, I'll throw in a Yiddish word every now and then. That is not an easy thing to say to people. But when... When you hear people like Geneva who have, were married 71 years and cared for her husband with Alzheimer's for the last seven years of it, and when you hear the joy and the vibrancy and the excitement in her voice, that's different. That's something the world does not offer. <laughs> Don't take my word for it. Look at what the world offers for about five minutes every day on the, on, on the news or whatever, and you'll see, no, the world doesn't offer that. You can't fake it for 71 years. Okay? You can't. It's not possible. But what you can do is anchor yourself in these truths so that when you are going through those tough times and when those tough times seem to stretch on beyond the horizon, that you're not swept away. This is the day. This is the day that the Lord hath made. So many of us as caregivers, and see if this applies to you. I know it has to me. We either romanticize or regret the past, or we fear or fantasize about the future. 
And Scripture tells us to live here in this moment. This is the day that the Lord has made. And this day may contain very painful things for you. But Scripture doesn't qualify that. It just says this is the day that the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. And my hope is, is that this little course that is so familiar to so many of us will stay with you, not only today, but throughout the week and beyond, when you are faced with very, very difficult things. I, I, I struggle to say this, but I'm going to say it anyway. Anybody else that tells you that, you can raise an eyebrow. I know because I've done it. And say, you know, well, that's nice for him to say. But those of you who listen to this show regularly, and for those of you new that don't know, you've learned a little bit today, you know my journey. It, that would be like Geneva saying to you that you can have an enduring marriage. Well, if somebody says that it's been married for three years, it's no big deal. But somebody says it's been married for 70 years, you're going to listen. And when a caregiver tells you that you can trust God in these things, that's been doing it for 35 years, Hang on to that. Those of us with scars and experience down this road, we have learned a few things. And that He is faithful. And this is the day. And you can rejoice in it. Period. This is Peter Rosenberger. There's more at hopeforthecaregiver.com. Go out and check out and see what you can find out there today. The views and opinions expressed in this broadcast may not necessarily reflect those of the American Family Association or American Family Radio.